0: happy hour again from uptown new orleans at the lovely Collins hotel hi how are you doing i'm grant morris in the next 60 minutes you'll get to meet just three of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in new orleans and you'll get to hear some amazing live music today i'll tell you that at the end of this show you might conclude new orleans is a great city where people love to talk have fun and enjoy great music but you probably know that already so let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together, my amazing guests sitting around the table here today are an extraordinary collection of New Orleanians. Evan Christopher What's is a virtuoso clarinet player who really should have been born in New Orleans in 1920, oh. but moved here in 1994. Evan has played with the New Orleans musicians such as Al Hurt, The Nightcrawlers. Tom McDermott and Galactic for a diverse bunch. He has a prestigious <laughs> career as a recording artist who performs around the world. An international citizen of jazz, Evan leads a band in Paris called Django a la Creole, whose record Finesse was the UK Sunday Times' best jazz CD in 2010, and that's just part of the story. Hi, Evan.
1: What's happening, Grant? I'm
0: doing well. How are you doing? I'm
1: excellent. Thank you very much.
0: To my left, O'Shea Cleveland is a, Hello, there. a living contradiction in terms, a gourmet vegan. OShea oh, is the f- O'Shea, sorry. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, O'Shea right. is the founder and owner of Dream a Little Green, a vegan gourmet catering company, and a lifestyle blog. O'Shea moved to New Orleans from Annapolis, Maryland, and recently talked to Samuel Jackson in line at Starbucks. <laughs>
2: Thanks you're stalking my Facebook page. I right did now. get that off your Facebook
0: page. What did he <laughs> say to you?
2: Oh, oh, we were just chit chatting about the ridiculous line that there always is. There.
0: At Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste of a conversation with, I, know, with I, a I was so Starbucks. nervous,
2: I couldn't think of anything else oh to say. My except God. That I love you.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Teresa Anderson, hello. Hello. Ah, you did it. <laughs> Teresa Anderson is a musician, a singer, and a songwriter who moved to New Orleans from Sweden in 1990 as a violin player Four. in Anderson. 1994. Yes. Four years after it says here, 1994, as a violin player in Anders Osborne's band, you guys moved here in the same year. We did. Is that a coincidence? It was. You weren't, <laughs> it was you weren't coming from a complete Sweden, coincidence. right? After many years of being a part of and fronting a, and recording with a variety of her own bands in New Orleans, in 2008 Teresa went totally solo, releasing a seminal album called Hummingbird Go, on which she played all the instruments. Teresa then spent the next two years taking the indie pop music world by storm by recreating the complex and beautiful recording live on stage, Totally Alone. Teresa's new album, Street Parade, is just out, and we're looking forward to hearing you recreate parts of it here today, today Teresa. We heard yes. a little bit before. It sounds amazing. Thank you. So this is an incredible show on piano, as always, the delightful, charming, talented, and sexually attractive Mitchell Foreman.
3: <laughs> Whoa, well, there you Isn't go. Isn't he gorgeous? Oh, yeah. I don't wouldn't know. Mitch, how are you doing in there? There he is.
0: Ah, that's nice. Hi Mitch, how are you?
4: Hey Grant, I'm well. How are you
0: doing? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you right before the final note. Ah, that's what sort right. of a week has it been over there?
4: Oh, it's been, uh, it's been yeah, another and a continuing series of fantastic weeks. Really? Yes.
0: How long can, it, how long can the streak last, you think?
4: <laughs> I don't know, a lifetime.
0: It's good. So Mitch, we've got <laughs> an unbelievable...
4: <laughs> until it stops. Until, until <laughs> <long>. we, <laughs> we don't know
0: when that's yeah, going yeah, to be, of course. <laughs> how long are you thinking of living, Mitch? You
4: have any clue? (laughs) No I used to play with this guy, uh, Jack Sheldon He always used to say, we're going to keep playing until there's a death in the band
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and Jack, as you know, he sort of uh, Well, he didn't do it on purpose, but he sort of faked his own death recently
4: yeah, I know Oh, you know him Jack's a
1: buddy sure he recorded on one of my albums and uh, he was oh, cool. always very kind to me but he, uh, he had there was a Jack Sheldon in Arizona who passed right, away died. and some musicians caught wind of it I think it was Wayne Bergeron the trumpet player and they caught wind of it and they started spreading this horrible rumor that Jack Sheldon passed away and it, it sort of you know went around the circles everybody was just so distraught only to find out there. that it must have been a different Jack Sheldon and Jack was the rumors of Jack's death had been highly exaggerated did it hurt
0: his career or help it? I, I wouldn't know how, did, it, did it help her Hurt. Uh, I,
4: I think it just fit right in it was, it was
0: He wasn't looking too good Last time I saw him playing He's a trumpet Do you know who Jack Sheldon is? You guys, he's a trumpet Sadly player no. now,
1: now, now, Teresa People people, uh, my age know Jack Sheldon How old are you? Because I'm, well, I'm 42 now But well, we remember junction. Jack Sheldon As being the voice Of many of our favorite Um um, uh, uh, shorts uh, that that were the animated shorts that were sort of the it's called Schoolhouse Rock. I don't know if anybody remembers Schoolhouse yeah. Rock. Oh my gosh! But yes. Jack yeah. Sheldon was um, I'm only on bill way up on Capitol Hill. That was Jack and um, wow. Conjunction Junction. What's your function? All those that was Jack Sheldon. So that's why I didn't I, know that. Did I you know that? Yeah. Know. I just got schooled. And he yeah. played he played great bebop trumpet. He was a he was a personal friend of Chet Baker's, and um, wow. you know he he knew all the cats. He
0: so, is he still Mitch? Are you still playing with him?
4: I, I don't play. He's kind of not. He's not playing that much. He has a big actually band so not Is at all. he still
0: doing the big band gig? Up no, and, uh,
4: the big band's the big band's not happening. In, yeah. He's he's not playing actually okay. right. since right. for the last kind of since the, for about a year. Okay, Tr- Tr- all, all right. So that, so that
1: so that, that rumor of his death really took the wind out of his sails. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Sometimes about. people are bigger in death though than they are when they're alive. Elvis,
4: Marilyn, Michael Jackson, Marilyn, Jackson.
0: Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Who was that, Mitch? Yeah, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Michael Jackson. And that
1: show is coming here, by the way. You guys know that, right? What show? The Cirque du Soleil Michael Jackson show is coming. It's it gonna, is? It's gonna, I think it's going to start. It's like world tour or a or, or, uh, uh, United States tour, I think, in New Orleans. Yeah.
0: Why would they do that? I don't Why know. Why would they start that here? Because
1: there's a big production company that thinks that we have the, that, that is, you know, planning on us having the infrastructure in place for it to do that.
0: I guess you could try something out here. If it doesn't work, who would know? Well, <laughs> 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 so. You know, hopefully. who's going to report that? Who's no,
1: I think I think because this this city is really starting to get uh, the infrastructure for those types of things together,
0: right. mm-hmm. Teresa, have yeah. you noticed things changing here uh,
5: yeah I, I think so i 've seen some lovely renovations and and stuff i 've got to confess i 've been gone and gone on the road so much that. Uh, when I get home, I, I stay in my little neighborhood of Algiers Point. Well, have, but things have t- are changing there. You, you know? have two
0: kids now to keep you
5: home. No, gosh, no. Well, if you count my husband as one kid, I have oh, two. you have one kid and, <laughs> a, and a husband. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: thought
5: I, you have a, I have yeah. a 10-month-old baby. Oh, yeah. you have
0: well, the one kid that's 10 months old. Where did I like, yes. like, get the one? Is enough, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, there used to be a dog, but I don't know where you got this second kid I don't from. I have no idea where I got no. that from.
0: Where did you get the d- What happened to the dog, I mean?
5: She died of old age. She really did die.
0: Not yeah. like Jack Sheldon. No. Mm. What was the yeah. dog's name? <laughs> uh, uh,
5: no. Ruby.
0: Ruby. Oh, Ruby. that's right. Well, Ruby was kind of part of your...
5: I know, right? You've met Ruby. Yes, probably. part
0: of your yeah. life at, well, for a long time.
5: Yes, she was. She was my friend and my, my everything.
0: Here's to Ruby.
1: Mom. Oh, my glasses. what
0: well, oh, sucks? No. What's happened to the service here at the Columns is Ruby. just dreadful. Here's to Ruby. You guys Indeed. are drinking nice drinks
5: with green things in them. Yeah. Look,
0: uh, where's, uh, Why do we get plastic? Can I get
5: the smallest
3: glass. Look, uh, you got a tiny glass in plastic like <laughs> and so do
0: I. And you guys get real nice-looking glasses. It's not very fair. Yeah. Teresa, w- you, when you recorded that uh, the album "Hummingbird Go" in your mm-hmm. kitchen, yeah, it really was just you were just doing that because you had nothing better to do. I mean, everything. I mean, it wasn't like you thought I'm gonna I'm gonna make this album in my kitchen and no, take the world by storm.
5: I, well, you never. I, I don't really think like that. I'm a humble Swede, um, and we're very, <laughs> very. We, we don't think like that, but um, what do you think like? We're we're just kind of quiet and reserved and, and stoic and very and, <laughs> and stoic <laughs> and, and did I say quiet? Remember that time nose you to the <laughs> nose to the grindstone. Yeah, I think it's,
2: yes. more, it's more of an American quality to think that a, you're going to be this big star. I don't know. It's yeah, very European. Um, no,
5: but there was a time when I really wanted to be discovered, like uh, you know, like. Not like her, but, like, just have it all served to me, like Britney Spears or something, and have a big pop hit and be produced and all that stuff. But, you know, then I got too old, and it didn't happen. And then I decided that I'm just going to do it myself, my own way, on my own terms. And that way, I can create the world I want to live in. I can make the music that I like. And I can serve it up the way I want to serve it up. And I can be creative as I can be and not try to fit in into any particular, you know, box. Can, can or I just can I just throw
1: out that that's not it's not just a, a, a factor of there's a there's like some point in one's career where where what the Britney speardom isn't isn't possible it had nothing to do with that, really. I mean, our our business has changed dramatically.
5: Yeah. And but, y- you know, I'm I'm almost as old as you are. Okay. Or young. So like, that as for may. a reality check, you know, I think I had to just tell myself that, you know, that part's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. And yes... Because the music industry has changed so much. And as a musician, you can go on YouTube. You can go online and promote yourself. You can do a lot yourself. And you can find your audience and they can find you. It makes it possible. You don't need the giant record label. But it's, it's not so that. simple. Yeah.
0: Though. When you had a giant record label, at least there was a guy who believed in you if you had a deal. Who would put a hundred thousand dollars out there and pay radio DJs and pay the marketing stuff to play the record? Right. and no. that was
5: a dream, and that was a dream, right. and hopefully you didn't get in the backwaters of some other big act and, and get washed out and then, you know, your career's over. But uh, what?
1: But the nature of the business is such that I actually know a lot more about Teresa's music. I, I, I if if Britney Spears walked. Through that hallway, I wouldn't recognize her. I don't know anything about Britney Spears, and I know a lot more about Teresa Anderson. Because, what does that say about you? Well, no, it says no. It says about what You're our business. Old. It says about what our <laughs> it says about what our businesses become, um, and how we find out about each other. How yeah. how our uh, how the people that are interested in our music find out about us. Um, and it's uh, it it's the idea that, that you know you can still be but in a niche in you, a niche music. Really, it's and really and hard to be, a, but it's
0: really hard to be found. On YouTube, it's really hard to be found on the internet. You got extremely lucky with that that song. That what was the song. Is it no, 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 no? no. That was yeah. you, you put it on YouTube. I'm sure you had no idea that a million people were going to look at that thing. Right. And it was a sensation. Yeah. Because it was just because it was so good and it was and, so real.
5: And it was right in the beginning when YouTube started to have that happen to people. Uh, and it was a total fluke. And yes, it did spark a lot for me. Like, it, and it sparked a lot of interest and opened a lot of other doors. But I love that format where the fans can actually right. choose for themselves. And it wasn't some group of people who paneled and judged and said, this is worth showing no, or we are, this we're going to know. We that was are the, it was our the own people. gatekeepers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that yeah. is a very exciting change. And I think, yes, it's cluttered out there, but, you know, it is possible. And it's really exciting to, you know, you... You can make a real fine living and a real wonderful living just doing what you love and be able to put it out there and find an audience.
0: How do you like doing it? I mean, you pulled up outside the Collins Hotel today in a big white van, mm-hmm. and we all spent all of us here spent like half an hour lugging this equipment <laughs> in and, <Yeah>. and <laughs> plugging it in. With all sorts of equipment here, yeah. I mean, you do that all by yourself. You don't have a tech, you don't have a rotor, you don't today
5: have because I didn't get paid today.
0: Oh, don't say that. Yeah, oh, yeah. But that's all right. How much should we give it you? It was. F- no. It's a free drink. You <laughs> well, got a no, little you, tiny wee can, drink like that. I had us, all so. of you
5: guys. I knew that. See, so okay. I didn't have to bring someone else. That but you. Been, but you do been. have people otherwise. Yes, I, I travel with a sound person, and my baby, and a nanny.
0: Where's the baby today?
5: She's at home, with daddy. What's her name? Elsie.
0: Oh, Elsie. Yeah. Does that, uh, that's obviously changed everything.
5: It has. I have to, uh, I'm, and I'm a little bit nervous because she's already, I counted, she's 10 months old. She's been on 18 flights already. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've been to Europe on, on a couple of tours already, and we're about and, to embark on our first. And United is she a very States stoic
1: tour. Swede also? Is she <laughs> very quiet on the flights?
6: She future? is. That's well, awesome. she's starting to
5: get a little wild and rambunctious. She likes to move around more. So it's, it's you know, harder work for me, but it's fun. She's a very good baby. But we're about to start our first u.s tour and it's a whole different ball game here because where i tour in europe you get in the car for three hours you're at the next show Mm. here it's more like eight hours so i'm a little bit nervous about that Mm. and i'm hoping that we haven't taken too much on
1: and the food's worse (laughs) yeah yeah, it's a little (laughs) different
5: but the views are, are spectacular and i'm very excited about seeing the country again
0: who's going in the car
5: it's going to be my baby and the nanny who's uh, also a fantastic musician and puppeteer, uh, and then it's going to be my sound person, cam who's was from Seattle and that's it that's it, Wow, and that's all cool. the gear that's
0: it'll impressive. be full yeah that's going to be impressive you know we should we should listen to a song, okay, shouldn't should I, we because we've got all this, pop on the yeah, okay, so. What's going to happen now is Tracy's going to take like the headphones off Grant, and you move need to, over. You need to describe what's happening. That's happen- what I was just going to do. There. Evan, yeah. you describe it for me. What, how oh you, God, how would you describe so,
1: this? So there's um, there's speakers that sort of look like a like a like a, a, a driveway like a driveway basketball court.
0: Yes, it does and, look like that.
1: And then there's um, there's a there's a whole. She's surrounded by her own contraption of electronic pedals. Like literally surrounded. There's uh, 180 degrees of pedals, mm-hmm. all different mm-hmm. shapes and colors and all connected with cables to this big, colorful box. and, and You and can then, see all this, on actually, the, on our Facebook on the other page. other side, she's, she's got drums. And she's, uh, she's there's two got, drums. What
0: kind of drums are they?
1: Well, there's a, there's a sort of a floor tom. There's two elements of a, of a trap really kit. Drums,
0: okay. Actually, Teresa, are you going to tell us something about what you should have got you do there before you moved off that mic, probably? But what are you going to play?
5: I'm going to actually start with a traditional song. This was one of the first songs I learned how to loop, and it's always a... Good warm-up song for me when I get a little nervous. Are you
0: nervous? Yes. It is a little nerve-wracking in here. It's so tiny. It is. We're right on top of you.
5: I'm always nervous that I'm going to make a mistake because then I have to start over because I'm doing everything live. So I'm going to start with this because hopefully I'll know it by now. (laughs) It's called "Oh Mary, Don't You Weep."
0: You're not nervous wow. now oh,
2: That was incredible
0: That was great
1: Come <laughs> was and sit on down
0: Awesome It's the Teresa best happy Anderson. hour
1: I've ever been to
2: That
0: really is the best Happy hour you could Ever be invited to See
1: now you understand Why, why I know more About Teresa Anderson Than Britney Spears what, I mean that's, that's I, 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 Britney Spears Has got nothing on Teresa This is ridiculous You're
0: yeah, right Well she, she probably Has a bigger house
3: ah, Somewhere you know, in Los Angeles but I mean, She know.
0: doesn't live In Algiers Point though yeah. Which is it's, Superior in my opinion Teresa, is it all looking good over there just in case you were wondering when you listen to that and you're thinking what, what, what did I just hear that was one new millennium woman and, and a violin <laughs> yep that was unbelievable see so grant
1: I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm actually not a foot guy but I just had to—I <laughs> just had to keep an eye on her feet to see yeah. how it was all happening. He was kind of like, you know, the magician. You're kind of watching, waiting. It's amazing how
2: that's all going want, through. Trying a to figure out what the trick is. But I mean,
0: you know, there's looking a, for the mirrors under the a table. A lot like of choreography going on over there. Oh Shay, how did you get to be a vegan? Or is it, um, first of all, let's start again. Okay. Is it vegan or vegan?
2: It's actually vegan. It's right. vegan. Said it, vegan. Yeah, should it's should I I spelled s- like vegan, but it's pronounced vegan.
0: Thank you. You say vegan. What do the Brits say? I don't know. Mitch, what do the Brits say? Vegan? I'm not sure. That doesn't I'm sound right. Sure. That doesn't sound right. I what, think it's so, vegan. Well, no first of all, a are. vegan is a person who doesn't eat anything to do with animals. Yeah, correct? no
2: animal products, actually. And it's relatively okay. new for me. I actually didn't become vegan until... Um, a few months ago. Pay
0: no attention to those women. Okay. Just talk to that. <laughs> sure. Life.
2: And uh, I, I really, I was reading a lot of research. You didn't
0: become a vegan until when, did you
2: uh, say? Like the end of last summer about. was. So how
0: many, was that a year ago? Uh,
2: just actually less than a year ago, like about eight or nine months ago.
0: How do you get to be a gourmet after one year?
2: Uh, well, I mean, basically I became vegan because I was reading a lot of different research studies and, and, you know, watching different documentaries that were really detailing sort of the cruelty and sort of the environmental impact. Oh, that's impact the problem and, right there. Right. (laughs)
0: If you hadn't watched those...
2: If I hadn't, yeah, right. then I could go on in willful ignorance. Yeah, you just have a barbecue
0: like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Why did you watch all that stuff?
2: Um, it really kind of fell into my lap. My mother um, just recently, um, is, she's uh, in remission for breast cancer. And in Annapolis, where I'm from, breast cancer is extremely prevalent. And uh, so she was doing a lot of research on how to improve her health. And uh, what she stumbled upon was veganism. And so she gave me a book to read. And I was really just floored because I think we all have sort of an image in our head when we're growing up of – the life of the farm animal and, you know, what it's, Mm. what it's all about. And, and it's this, this happy little existence. And then they're sort of, you know, killed in a very humane way. And it's just, it's not like that at all. And we're seeing, you know, in America, a huge epidemic um, of uh, unhealthiness, you know, or just like with fast food and all this other stuff. And we're not seeing, yeah. And we're not seeing in um, other countries. And so I, I really felt like, oh, well to to a pretty significant degree in America. I mean we can We're
0: the unhealthiest country?
2: Um well I mean I'm, worse i, I than probably like have Kenya. industrialized, Western industrialized or even just industrialized. I don't actually have the statistics mean, data eating, on that But Eating
1: nothing may be more make it maybe <laughs> maybe more uh, uh, unhealthy than eating poorly, but but yeah, we, we have a we have a pretty documented reputation for eating poorly. There's and, no question. And mm. it's
2: it's getting much worse than it is better. What is the
0: definition of getting w- worse or or Is it um, the prevalence of illness? uh,
2: Yeah, illness, um, particularly preventable illness. um, The number two cause of death in this country now comes well actually the number one and number two are from preventable illnesses. So we have smoking is one and the other one is heart disease, which we're learning now is mainly from diet and lifestyle. And when we're, you know, kind of consuming these massive amounts of animal protein, sugar, um, you know, and all of this sort of broken down stuff that's not real food, um, and you know, what they're kind of adding into all these things to make them extremely processed, it's actually causing a lot of health problems. Right. And so that's a, another huge component. And also the environment. You know, we're seeing all these elements now. Um, I'm from Maryland, and I've seen firsthand the pollution of the Chesapeake Bay that comes largely from farm runoffs. I mean, it, it's really basically severe.
0: That's from basically from, what is that from, like... All those chickens they chicken have? Farms. And, yeah, chicken farms. Chicken, yeah. chicken poo. Chicken shit is flying into the Chesapeake Bay. And exactly. Pig poo which, and cow poo. And what about the Mississippi River? It, it all comes to us. filled with all sorts of It garments, all comes right? to us. Yeah, it all comes yeah. down here.
2: And we're drinking it, we're eating it, and it's...
0: And we're loving it.
2: Yes. And <laughs> so we're, you know, we're seeing just how much, just what you're eating on a, on a daily basis is contributing so, to all of these factors. Okay, so what
0: did you do before you read this book a year ago? Um, did you uh, have a problem? I, I was... I'm we am sorry. Went. Did you do something else before? you... Oh, for a
2: living. Well, I actually yeah. worked in real estate, but I also um, graduated from the University of Maryland um, pretty much shortly before I discovered this. So I, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time with this. Okay. I'm like right on top of it. Um, so yeah, so I had graduated um, from the University of Maryland, uh, the and then you decided to get that.
0: and you said to get super healthy and move to New Orleans. Yeah, I, I What's well, the actually, I moved to
2: New Orleans uh, because my fiance is a professor at Loyola University, so I came with him here. What is he teaching? He teaches uh, in the business school he teaches management and so we moved here together and we both became vegan together and it really it changed a lot for us like you know our energy are you levels getting, are you getting
0: along better now
2: uh him and i mm. <laughs> sure yeah we get along great uh-huh. he, lo- he loves it he's he's he has a very eclectic palate because he lived overseas for you know years um after college and so he's much more adventurous and you know he's more not adventurous like, than you uh, yeah, much more. I have like a child's palate. <laughs> so finding things that I like is actually more, you know, I grew up on hamburgers and fries. And so like how does
0: so the word gourmet come into it?
2: Well, it's, it's, you know, it's a way to sort of describe the type of food, you know. Is I that do from your
0: husband? Did he say come up with a marketing concept?
2: <laughs> um, sort of. I mean, it, it kind of, just, it kind of uh, is a good description for the type of food that I serve. I can do pretty much anything. You know, um, with, we do brunches. We do um, you know, sort of Latin themes. We do vegan barbecues. But it's all, it, it's all more, we try to take a sort of more artisan approach to the food. So that we're, you know, th- honestly, we have tough critics in New Orleans. So we really have to be able to please them it's on a, a very food. high culinary level. It's a level. food
0: and music city. So we've got everything exactly. around the table here. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've got the food and the music. Hey, listen, um, so you have this business, Dream a Little Green. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We call it up or we look you up on the internet and...
2: <laughs> I have a Facebook page well, and I also was have... what
0: was that? <laughs> that was really <me> smart. So <laughs> bless you. And somebody sne- <laughs> It must have been on, on the other end. It was Mitch. And, Might and have been me. Bless, bless you. <laughs> bless Mitch. you, Mitch. Mitch is across what the room at the piano. So...
2: Well, I have a website. that um, yes. It's D-A-L-G dot com. So it's really easy. to dream a little green. D-A-L-G. The acronym. Dream a little green. Right. Yes. Uh, dot do you, com. Have, like a, do you have
0: like a jingle? Dream a little green of me? Or? I don't,
2: no, I don't have a... I, that's actually where I came... There we go. I actually came up with the name. I was uh, trying to come up with the name and I had my iTunes on shuffle and the Louis Armstrong version of that song came on and I thought, dream a little uh-huh. green. And wow. so it was Louis who inspired nice. it. So... How perfect. Well,
1: double entendre because you know green, of course, has a you know is a euphemism for money as well. So well, I mean, you know you can you can. That's true. You know, so I am I am yeah, hoping there you go. To. <laughs> Make a
0: <business>. And Evan, <laughs> you won the Louis Armstrong National Jazz Award. Yeah. <laughs> when you won, when did yeah, yeah, you dig that up? When, yeah, yeah, when I were a child, I was
2: a
1: kid.
0: How yeah, old was, were you
4: yeah, when you won? I
1: that. must have. I mean, I must have been in high school. I don't remember. Um, so, uh what yeah, high school were you? I, I, I was going to a public high school in uh, in Los Alamitos, California, near Long Beach, and uh, that's not actually where I finished school. But um, yeah, we Did had you get a, kicked out? A, well, I sort of, kind of. I mean, I I, really? I, I basically needed uh, I I needed to uh, I, circumstances meant I had to go on and figure out uh, actually how to graduate, and I went to a boarding school for music. Were well, you are you in, and in North? That's how it happened. I was um, I was a little bit stubborn. I wasn't buying into the whole uh, college Education track trip. at first, and, um, and so they it, kicked uh, you out of school. Well, you know, I mean, it's not getting getting kicked out. I um I, I, I actually spent basically basically here's what happened in public school. Even though I got this little Armstrong Award, I got my my last semester was spent in um you know the dressing room practicing clarinet and saxophone. Okay. At the expense of everything else, so you didn't go to class. And before I knew it, you know, I had I had I had ended up with a point eight. Uh, grade point average <laughs> in my in my last semester, <laughs> and I had the, for real? Yeah, is that yeah, true? 0.8? Yeah. Yeah, so and then so that would be like, basically
0: well, sort of like uh, retarded. Or yeah, something yeah, basically like. <laughs> like, like Animal
1: House. Yeah. Zero <laughs> point eight. Um, no, uh, and then I just I had the opportunity to f- I was invited to go to a boarding school and finish you know finish high school, and that was a music school, and um, and then that kind of actually felt a little bit more natural. Right, um, and and then and the rest is kind of the rest yourself know, out but it was okay because I had started school really early so I, it, didn't, it I didn't you know it didn't really did matter. you
0: know that you were super talented when you were a little kid when like 11 or something
1: no I was actually That's that's a funny way to put it I was actually I actually went to these music camps and music schools and things like that because I was I wanted somebody to tell me that I couldn't do this I needed somebody to tell me
0: that I couldn't you, do this. that. You didn't, that you shouldn't be a that musician. That I shouldn't be a musician. Because it's a total waste of my life. N- I needed more people that, to tell me that. You thought <laughs> that at 10 years old? Um, you thought you're going to waste your life away as a musician? Did you even know what a musician no, was? No, no.
1: I didn't know. I didn't. I never even wanted to be a musician. It just sort of happened. What did you want to be? I, I didn't. I mean, I just wanted... I mean, I, I, I was enjoying... I was enjoying working on music. I didn't. I didn't have any um, aspirations. I guess my I, my first career aspiration is. I think taxidermist. I think that was uh, uh, somewhere in there. I, <laughs> I, I, I no. I, I I don't know. I, I it was just something part of my scholarship. When I when I got uh, I got a college scholarship. And part of my part of my scholarship was actually playing music gigs and uh, for other parts of the school, other departments. You know, it was called work study. Except instead mm-hmm. of work study being you sit in an office and you and you, you you know you do clerical work, they would send you out on these little gigs, and you'd go play a cocktail reception for the architecture department or something like that. And that was part of my work study. It always
0: sounds so easy when someone tells you this, doesn't it? When you're sitting around a table and like someone can just get up and play a guitar and sing or play a violin and sing like this, <laughs> or they just tell you glibly in conversation, "Oh, I just went and played these little cocktail gigs with a." With my clarinet, well, I, It's I'm like just anyone saying, can do it. Apparently, you just sort of, <laughs> you you just know? sort of blowing one in and move your fingers <laughs> up and down it. Okay, I will say yeah. it
1: always did feel yeah. like that. It always did feel like that. to To spend hours to spend hours working on music
0: has never felt like a burden to me. Right. Never. So you can just play. You just pick it up and. And Teresa, you can just open your mouth and sing like an angel.
5: <laughs> well, thank you. I, it um, takes work. It takes work Doesn't too. It? I think, but a it never, bit. but it
0: never felt like work, right? That part of it
1: necessarily never. No. I
5: think when I started doing more stuff like this, playing all these mm-hmm. instruments, then all of a sudden I had to develop parts of myself. I had no idea. You know, that, I got aches and pains from that. I got to be I'm honest. I'm getting
1: aches and pains from all the marketing crap. How about yeah. you for that? Well,
5: I hire people <laughs> for that, but for <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. Well, you know, before uh, like, you know, like learning how to do the electronic stuff, it was really a headache. Yeah. And uh and but then learning how to play drums, it hurts my hands and but all those all that kind of pain is good pain, you know. It makes it like when you get a bruise and it feels yeah. good to scratch it or something, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like that. Um when I had a baby though, my voice disappeared and that was pretty scary. Because I really feel like the voice is my main instrument, you know, and it was kind of like.
1: For how long? How long did that?
5: Uh, it took me a couple of months to get it to sort of come back, and this was right as I was making uh, Street Parade, the record, and I had to, yeah. What a what creepy! What a that? creepy! What a creepy feeling that must it have was. It was not creepy. It was completely terrifying. Mm-hmm. But I, so I was in Shreveport at the time because my husband was doing a puppet show up there, and so I would walk around the park at five in the morning because it was 110 degrees outside, and I couldn't go out later than that. So me and the little girl walking around the park singing for the squirrels. Wow. There weren't many squirrels left in the park when I was young. It was terrible. (laughs) Did you think it might not come back? I I was worried, yeah. And I I didn't. It took me completely by surprise because every mother singer that I talked to said, oh, don't worry, you'll pop that baby out and you'll be up singing in no time. And, and, And I went to sing and it sounded like a little boy that is, you know, in puberty. Right. It's like a, horm- a hormonal kind of change. <laughs> exactly. It was hormonal. And, and so they were telling me that where I was reading on the Internet, it's a wonderful thing, you can find out everything on the Internet, and I learned that uh, this would probably, could settle, but most likely wouldn't change until you stop nursing. And so uh-huh. I didn't want to have to make that ch- choice. So I put mind over matter and I just made my voice come back. So you,
0: nice. s- you kept nursing and your voice came back?
5: Yes. But it took two months.
0: That's yeah. not long, I guess. At the time, it must have seemed.
5: It like felt like forever, horrible. though. Yeah. yeah, because I ha- I have a four octave range, and I had like maybe a four an octave. octave range. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't have kids. That's uh, it's my secret. See, I that's mean, how you re- <laughs> that's <laughs> how <laughs> you've I'm, retained really, your strength. I'm, I'm actually you know really con- I, would, I was I have
0: that same concern. So yeah, yeah. I have so I don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, let's I want to come back in just a minute and talk about this book in my hand called New Orleans Walls Still Standing, which is a bunch of photos by what's how do you say that woman's name who wrote this
1: book? You can say her whole name. We just call her Doe. Doe. But, but, but her, I whole can't read is, this. her whole I name can't is her whole name is uh, Marie Dominique Verdier.
0: Okay. And, and she's bien, a photographer. Marie Dominique. <laughs> do you Fabier? speak French, Teresa? Oui, and do you speak French? Je parle français, oui. Let's do the rest of this thing in French. I speak no French at all, so that'll be awesome. I can just go have a drink. don't. Marie Dominique, elle est mariée
1: de. Okay, I'm sorry. She's the okay. wife of a of a
0: musician, actually,
1: a, a, a friend of ours who used to perform. I don't know if anybody uh, in New Orleans remembers uh, Scott Kirby, who used to roll an upright piano out to Jackson Square and play, you know, ragtime piano hmm. and play, play pretty freaking good ragtime piano. He was great. He was great. What and happened so to that piano? He, he, rolled, he, he rolled it off to some other yeah, state. He, well, they, they, live in, uh, they live in Sandpoint, Idaho.
0: And, um, it doesn't sound too exciting. And
1: and and Scott, he's pretty happy, just kind of chilling out. With, mm-hmm. He's got the kid, and he's uh, he's been painting a lot, and uh, he's you know he's 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 you know he's got other talents. He's so got other. You basically know everybody,
0: everybody. No
1: no no, I don't know everybody. But but Doe, but Marie Dominique but Doe comes down. Marie- and, she, uh, and she, uh, she's a photographer, and she knows a lot of the musicians, and she put this wonderful book together called New Orleans Walls. Well, let's stand. take a
0: look at the book in just a minute. First of all, talking of piano, Mitch Foreman's going to play us a song called?
4: It's called The Alley. The Alley. The Alley. And I'm going to okay. tell you. Is that, are, tell you, you, are, you sure. are you
0: in an alley?
1: You sound I'm like you're an, an alley. I'm not in an alley, but
4: I, I don't know why it's called The Alley. And the thing is, I'm looking through this book where, because I never know what I'm going to play before it comes yeah. Before the show. And I'm looking through this book, and it three pages before the alley is Walking in Memphis. Oh. So this was, this was by that guy. What was his name? Mark Cohen. I don't know if you remember him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember him? So okay. apparently I, I, must have, I was living in New York, and I was almost going to play on Walking in Memphis, and then he decided to play it on his own without me. And look what it did for him. So <laughs> okay. Check it out. It's, it's got nothing to do with Walking in Memphis except uh, time frame.
0: Midge Foreman, how did you like playing that, Midge?
4: I I liked it. I haven't played it in maybe uh, ten years, so it's interesting.
0: Brought back back memories. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Last week we were talking about you playing the Hammond B three, and you you haven't played piano at all for weeks.
4: I know, I really haven't. And I was almost going to do it for the show today, but it's just uh, presented some difficult, yeah, just some some liking issues. Next, next, next show.
0: Okay. Hey, listen, we're sitting around here at the Collins Hotel. My three guests around the table are Evan Christopher, virtuoso clarinet player. And O'Shea Cleveland, virtuoso vegan, and Teresa Anderson, virtuoso singer and multi instrumentalist. In a moment, we're going to actually have a listen to Evan and Teresa playing something together, which is totally unrehearsed.
1: All right, we can do that. In
0: the meantime, I just have to tell you a couple of uh, important items. One is that if you're listening to the show out. Thank you, outside of New Orleans. Outside of New Orleans, and you're headed here and you're looking for something to do to book a hotel or you want some activities. To do while you're here, check in with our friends at NewOrleans.com, the official New Orleans travel site. The New Movement is an organization of comedians who, after two years of shows in bars, museums, parks, and wherever else they could, have opened a full-time comedy theater in the Marigny at 1919 Burgundy Street. They have shows from Thursday to Saturday. Everything's free or cheap. They have improv and sketch comedy classes. You can check it out on uh, tnmcomedy.com for more information. Also, you can check out Chris True and Tammy Nelson on True to the Game, New Orleans' first badass sports radio show right here on itsneworleans.com. Teresa's got up from the table, I see immediately already. And Mitch, that was the nicest piano playing you've played behind those ads ever. (laughs) Thank you very much. So Teresa's standing up here counting, moving her hands around. Evan, what are you doing? So,
1: well, I'm, I guess I'm I'm drinking my martini, and I'm uh, I could announce that song, I suppose. Okay. So we said, you know, my, my specialty for a long time. It's only been recently that I've been inspired by um, creative musicians like, well, like like Teresa to actually be doing some of my own music. Uh, uh, up until very recently, I never thought anybody would think it was interesting. So um, I, I've been mostly playing Dead Guy music. Um, and um, this the the repertoire that I'm that I like the most, or besides New Orleans music, is uh, is what some friends of mine and I have. Uh, have deemed uh, as a genre gotham folk gotham folk music would be uh, the um, the american songbook cole porter
0: Gershwin, what's the conne- what's the connection between gotham Irving folk. Irving. i would say gotham folk would be bob dylan because he came from new york and oh no well saying.
1: gotham gotham what folk? He's, he's he's he, but he's a folk musician this is gotham well, that's folk. why i this is folk gotham folk, folk music i mean you know the folk music com, comes before bob dylan yeah, uh, uh, folk music is you know this is this is this is early stuff. Why we're are you calling it Gotham? Twenties and thirties because all these composers okay. were busy in uh, busy in New York in the twenties and thirties writing popular music.
0: This is the Tin Pan Alley. Yeah, exactly.
1: Days. So uh, Irving Berlin was one of them, and this is uh, and I and I know that uh, Teresa does this one, and we talked about it briefly. It was uh, Irving Berlin song called Blue Skies. Okay,
0: let's
3: do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wow! Totally unrehearsed, spontaneous. Oh, don't tell them them that! Don't tell them that! No, no, was that was was beautiful? It was exactly like the rehearsal. And have you guys? You make the 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 clarinet
2: (laughs) so cool. I have to say. Well,
0: Shay, I couldn't have put it any better. (laughs) Wow! It's funny because you when you hear the clarinet, mostly when you hear songs that clarinetists were famous for playing, they're scratchy. You're scratchy. Oh yeah, because you oh, just hear yeah, them yeah, on yeah, old right, 45s well, or old you know, recordings and it,
1: that's that's a curse of what I do. I mean, that's a, that's been one of the hardest things about rebranding myself since I since I moved back to New Orleans is, you know, I used to be, you know, I used to pretty much wear the dead guy stuff on my shoulder because I thought I was, you know, I was keeping a tradition alive and I you know, but it turns out that when I, you know, after the after the storm and moving away and coming back to New Orleans, I decided that, you know, keeping the tradition alive actually had more to do with making it contemporary and and, and you know not not being so uh um, you know quick to make sure that everybody knew about the scratchy stuff, and I started perform my own music and um, and actually this is now this is uh, this is uh, just this week i was uh, i found out for the for the fourth year in a row that uh, that i 'm um, one of the only New Orleans artists to be kind of considered by the jazz journalist association as a as um, you know a, you know a, a, a serious a serious artist and that 's been more because of just you know, realizing that the, the tradition doesn't stand still. And that's the, the fun thing. And so well, uh, you've,
0: you've decided not all to those
1: all those left handed compliments about. I didn't know a clarinet could sound like that or, you know, it, I love it. I don't I don't have a problem with it at all. But
0: you've decided to do something with your music rather than just go and make a living on Bourbon Street.
1: Well, no. Hey, hey, we got we got lots of great musicians on Bourbon Street, and it's not it's not. But the, you're not one of them. Well, no, I I don't. I just it's too loud for me. Um, but that's that's just it's a it's a personal aesthetic. I, I mean, and it's not to say that you know that we have, we've got we have over four thousand people making music in new orleans uh, that's practically one percent of our population and they're all they everybody has everybody's sort of doing their thing and I, I i would i would never accuse anybody on bourbon street of, of certainly being being lazy those guys work their butts off um i just i just personally have made a choice that that um i, I want to do something that's a little more personal that's all right. that's really what it comes down so you want to
0: wanna, you want to make a statement with your music well, teresa You, you got the same point of view
5: yeah I I definitely feel, I'll feel tell you, you on that. I mm-hmm. tell
1: you and I also recognize that your music changed dramatically after 2005.
5: Yes. After I, the storm. It did. I had uh I had all my plans laid out. I was playing with a band, touring, doing that that trying to get the Britney thing happening, you know. Um <laughs> and that didn't work out. So, I I think when you stand to lose everything for me that was not that I lost much, really compared to some, but for me that really made me feel like if I'm going to be out there working my butt off, uh, you know, doing everything that it takes to to be a, a touring, working musician and build your audience, and you put a lot in to, to make that happen.
1: A lot of us did that reevaluation. Yeah,
5: I and I think for me, I felt like if I'm going to put all that work in, I really want it to matter, and I really want to do what's truly in my heart. And I felt like, I'm not holding back. I'm going to go there and I'm going to do it and I'm going to see if my fans will like it. If they don't, I'll find new ones.
1: Mm -hmm. And for me, it was about being an ambassador for a a specific tradition of music and a a vocabulary of music and a vocabulary for clarinet that was being lost a little bit over time and that, that, that I fell in love with very young. And to be an ambassador for that, and be able to take it to places. I mean, I mean, this year I'm gonna I'm gonna take this music to Somaliland. I'm gonna take it to Japan and and and, and you know to all over UK and and continental Europe. But I mean, the, actually, the Somaliland trip's really looking. It sounds exciting. Where but do you I mean, stay in uh, the, at the Somaliland? Well, I don't hotel? know. We haven't we haven't worked out all that out. And
0: um, you know, what just, does Somaliland look like? Well, Where it's is
1: good, it? A, well, Somaliland is actually an independent part of Somalia. That's actually you know. Several hundred miles away from sort of the lawless coast of of Somalia, and you know, and and here's this is this is, is an that interesting where the pirates thing. Are? well stuff. Well, that's on the on that on that that Somali, at the Somalia at Somali coast <laughs> is where the pirates are. But see, but see, that's that's the great part about it is is what you know part? the part the part that that I didn't know a damn thing about Somaliland right. or Somalia. I mean, to to say well, how did you get booked to go to Somalia? well, it's just it's just you know we just we make friends around the world through through the music and um and. And eventually, you know, who knows where those things take you. But, but the fact that I knew nothing about Somaliland and Somalia, and I knew nothing about the musicians that came from there, I mean, I, I will well, be doing a concert with the, one of the masters th- of the Somali lute, who you can actually see on YouTube. Are you and he's a monster. Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to definitely try to figure I
5: that phone out. iPhone it or something. You know,
0: yeah, you
1: I've, know? I've, I've, yeah there's all sorts of platforms. Who's the, the, who
0: the master out. of the Somali lute?
1: Um, his name is is unpronounceable by me right at this point, and uh, <laughs> after two martinis, and okay. um, it has a bunch of, up, has, huh? it has different var- variable spellings. But but that's what the music's supposed to do, and that's what um, and to represent right. a tradition that's the most unique. Uh, I mean, uh, in terms of in terms of what we have to offer as the United States as a as a as an ethnic tradition of music. I mean, really, the language of blues and the language of of New Orleans jazz, and uh, in in particular, those are where the instruments really transformed. And we we have an we have an opportunity to to you know to to you know. Uh, stake a stake a claim for a, a musical language that that's, uh, that's, that's it 's as important as as, as any other um, you know uh, ethnic contribution to to, to uh, our world 's music it Do you absolutely think, being, oh, sorry, sorry, go do you think sorry.
2: being an ambassador to this sort of limits your own personal creativity or do you think it really enhances no,
1: that 's what i was that 's what I was trying to explain is that is that after two thousand and five I, I found ways to combine the two to combine you know uh, to to represent the tradition through Through the vocabulary of the instrument, but to find my own, uh, you know, ways to compose music and to uh, to write music that would serve that end. In the year 2012. Yeah, it's certainly
2: just. I just can see how your music appeals to, you know, someone who, you know, in the modern times, but also your, you know, kind of you know oh, like great. A kickback well, that's the idea that. that's, so
1: that's the idea and I, I, I'm sure Teresa can speak volumes on that too because she comes from a background with a lot of different traditions as well and and you know to try to combine combine her personal aesthetic with you know what she's adopted as her new cultural milieu and combine that with where she came from I mean it's, it's yeah. not a it's and not and a Teresa it's has a, that so task voice. right it's using
5: a, a very traditional instrument in a different way exactly like, yeah Using slides and things on yeah. the violin and, yeah. and, yeah, and I feel like the violin
2: good. is becoming cool again too. I feel like all those like traditional instruments that we had to play growing up have become kind of, you know, reintroduced themselves in a much more funky way, if you will. If you can like play it. if you can play yeah. like this
0: Yeah <laughs> you <laughs> exactly. can certainly. Teresa, we have to make you play another song. you want to play a song off the album off Street Parade? If I would love that. Yeah. Let's yeah, I would do love it before that. we run out of time. And then if I don't okay. mention this book, our producer Graham Dupont, is gonna kill me. <laughs> So, so when we come back from the song, right. I'm going to have to discuss this book with you. Okay. The New Orleans Walls. New Orleans Walls. Yeah. It's called by Marie yeah. Dominique Verdier. Yeah. Yes. I can't even say it. Yes. So Teresa, what are we going to listen to? We're
5: going to listen to. Um, well, actually, we're going to do a short intro, just one time. Right oh yeah, now. sure. Taking the tradition to the new. That's right. So here's this a. This is uh, an old spiritual called "Just a Closer Walk with Thee," mm-hmm. and then my song is called. Uh, it's called Fire's Gone. Okay. And on the on the record, I wrote "Street Parade" for um for horns and drums and voice, because it's it's inspired by the New Orleans street
1: parade. That's why we have to or start. That's parade. why that's why we're starting it off with the traditional so. <laughs> the traditional dirge of the New Orleans funeral. Yeah. Um. Do you right. remember Do you remember what key we're starting this yeah, in? Yeah, well,
6: it starts
5: in B flat. Okay. I think. I think that's right. If not,
3: Amazing,
0: wow. <laughs> yeah. Teresa Anderson, the fire's gone off. Street parade. The album is out now, right? It is. Wow, the fire doesn't sound like it's anything gone at all. There,
1: Right. <laughs> if anybody, if anybody in Radio Land doesn't, you know, needs to uh, under needs to know what's happening. Basically, nothing, nothing that she did was pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. She performed. Every element and use the technology to just inter- integrate it into the performance. But That's everybody the needs thing to I've everybody ever needs to know that there was nothing. There was nothing pre-recorded. It's not like that was a, one person
0: yeah. with a violin and a couple of drums and a bunch of pedals. Yeah. That's Thank amazing. you amazing. Uh,
5: clarifying that. <laughs> yeah, well, no,
1: it's yes. important because they can't they can't see that. But I mean, uh, you amazing. know, cause it, I mean, it could just I mean, somebody could make backing tracks and have all sure. that. But it's not. That's not. It's not as
5: much fun. Every
1: element was. You look like you're having fun. I, I just never,
5: I am. Yeah, but I you know, it, you can probably tell I haven't played that song very long because all the details are new. So I'm thinking a lot while I'm playing. And then the goal is to not think and to just.
1: Oh no, we like seeing you think. Oh
3: yeah,
0: <laughs> it's exciting. It's yeah. exciting watching. My you.
5: toes are like, should they be over yeah. <laughs> to the left or to the right? Oh yeah, no, You've that got, was wrong.
0: you've got how many pedals are there here? Like twen- I don't know, 20? twenty,
5: twenty or something. A yeah, couple mixers, some drums, a bunch of cables.
0: There's a lot of cables, a lot of stuff, but but it's just an amazing treat to be able to sit here and watch this. It's a way to produced. see it. It's to be close. You can actually it's watch amazing. the feet. Amazing. And you have that on. Is it? You can see that on YouTube. Some you of these? can.
5: See, yeah. There is, there's tons and tons of videos from fans and, and official ones too. We did a really cool DVD at Le Petit Theater in the French Quarter before it, right. it closed down, and so that was a real special thing mm-hmm. to be able to capture this show in particular. Yeah. You and must
0: love this. It looks like you're having so much fun, even I though it's am obviously a lot of work sitting there. But you can. You just like letting rip, and you've got no one else to to. You know, <laughs> I encumber
3: I, it, her. <laughs> yes.
5: It's humbling, though, because it maybe back in the day. I wasn't such a good band leader because I might yell at the drummer for not playing in time and stuff. But now I can't yell at anybody. You just
0: got yourself to yell at. <laughs> I'm yeah. going yeah. to get yelled there's at. While, while she's yeah. figuring
1: everything out there's in the back of her head, she's yelling at herself. It's great. Yeah. You know, I do
5: have yeah. multiple people in there. Do yeah. you?
0: <laughs> Screaming?
5: Pretty much. But, you know, when, you, when you play just yourself, you have to find different voices. Like we're talking yeah, about sure. voices of the clarinet. I have to find different voices in all my instruments because otherwise it would get really you know, boring and you'd hear the same sounds over and so over again. So when you're playing so the
0: drum part, you feel like you're a drummer? You feel like you have to do something. She has to go to that. She has to
1: go to that drummer, drummer, right. tr- drummer, drummer Teresa Pai. space.
5: Yeah, but it's more like when I'm singing, before I started looping, I used to just sing in all the ranges at all times. But now I might choose. All right, I'm gonna s- stay low on this one, or I'm gonna just sing with.
1: But, That's know, nice. I got to think octas- about that cuz clarinet has has more than 3 octaves of range too. It's and you got, tend it's got to a whole more a whole octave more than like the boring saxophone. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> it does. It <laughs> See, I learned f-
5: that when I was writing yeah. for street break cuz I'd never written for horns and I right. would bring friends in and yeah. if you had been there you would have learned that I know I tried very I hard been like I just, tried I just to play this around. part and you would have said that clarinet doesn't go that low.
1: Teresa was so nice to even call but <laughs> I was just I was overseas. was
5: Yeah, unfortunately. Well, you made a lost time
0: you in Russia.
1: Another time. No, I was
5: in Germany. Germany. Uh, Germany. I was in Germany. Oh, that's close, right? Thing.
0: So listen, okay. before we get out of here, I have to mention this book. Otherwise, yes. Gra- Graham this is, an awesome is never going to talk to me again. You guys are both in this book. It's called New Orleans Walls Still Standing. It's a book of photographs. Of people standing up against walls in New Orleans. That's right. So the and still standing yes. part,
1: because she's such a music fan, the still standing part is a double entendre. The still standing part doesn't even refer to the walls as much as, re- as it refers to the enduring music scene. Mm-hmm. And even though not, so these are all musicians. No, no, no. Well, no. Well, no. There's a lot of there's some sports figures. There's some um, there's some just New Orleans social uh, figures, Culinary but figures, yeah. yeah but awesome. there's but it's um. How it's did basically, you both?
0: How did you both get in it?
1: It's basically uh, definitely definitely everyone's related to the cultural workforce. We can say that. So,
0: mm-hmm. she, so she takes a photo of you up against a wall. In your case, Evan, here's this one of you standing up against a, like so a these sort of are, a wooden wall. Y- and then right. she print, prints a little story next Everybody
1: to it. Everybody got to choose their own story. They had free reign to tell whatever story you wanted they to tell. Yeah, we chose a story we wanted to tell. Why don't you just
0: read this out, and then <laughs> we, we can't stay here all day. But <laughs> all right. Well, so I chose a story this about one. worth it. I, th-
1: I used to visit one of my mentors, uh, the great uh, clarinetist Tony Scott, who was living in Rome. And, um, and so my story is that I started hanging out with Tony Scott, the veteran bebop clarinet player, when he was 80. I went, actually went for his 80th birthday. Uh, one day, a few years after I met him, I was staying at his house near Rome, and I tried to cook lunch for him. I was very proud of myself because I thought I had made the perfect pasta. And he said, hmm, you like your pasta al dente, huh? <laughs> yeah, Tony, what do you think? And he said, well, mother, <whistles> you know I only have one tooth. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, my, that's my story.
0: Very good. And, Teresa, your story in there, which is... A bit longer, so I'm not going to make you read the whole thing. Oh, good. But you've got what a photo, you? <laughs> you've got a photo of yourself standing up against what sort of a? Where is that wall? It is, it's sort it's of actually a here, wall.
5: behind, uh, on one of the streets behind the Combs Hotel, and okay. it's it's the, uh, the it's a whole wall composed of boxes, wine boxes, actually. Ah,
0: and you're holding your head.
1: Where Martin's wine cellar used oh, to yeah, be. Oh yeah, that's
5: right. Yeah, that makes sense. On Barone. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're telling the story in here about um, how you found the violin that you were just playing. This
5: yeah. violin, yeah. Yeah, in a I junk store. found it in a junk store. And it was covered in, in dirt, and it looked like nothing. And I bought it, not for the violin, actually, but I bought it because of the bow. And I cleaned it off, and it turned out to be a wonderful violin that's been with me for years. And um, But uh, I love this book. There's so many great stories like that in here. And, uh, and Marie Doe is such a wonderful spirit and a great photographer, and I love what she did. So what,
1: what she's done, what she's done, the pieces are, the pieces are they're not just portraits of us against walls, but they actually should, she took pictures of the wall mm-hmm. without us and then with us. So, but they're all, they're all self-imposed. They're not, they're not double exposures in the sense that she did anything with the computer. There's only one picture in the whole book that she had to use a computer to, to manipulate. Um, that was Fats Domino. But every, every single other person is, is, uh, is a double exposure that she did on the spot. And so they're re- really artfully done. A lot of the walls don't exist. A few of the people in the Book it passed away, but the um, the idea of New Orleans while still standing was a project that she wanted to do just to show the enduring spirit of the of the cultural uh, the cultural. I uh, think uh, life I think we New have Orleans. to
0: give you your own radio show. <laughs> Do you guys agree with me, yes. okay. sure. yeah. yes. Sounds here. good. You're like you're we're, like you're such a natural at this. No, we're talking about you're a, it. we're talking a about it. Believe
1: me, the musicians are going to have their own radio show. It's only a matter of time. Because I mean, what when people when people want to know about the music in New Orleans, who do they ask? Teresa, did they, I mean, when, when when people from Sweden want to know where to go hear music, do yeah, they they, they, ask, they ask you
5: they ask me and and, and so people gonna, touring and traveling being ambassadors of New Orleans everywhere. Believe me, it's coming. They ask how everyone's doing and They're, where do you tell them to go. <laughs> oh I can't even start that list is too long we'll be here all night but,
1: but trust me now we know a vegan place
0: where we can send them
5: yes okay, we go. please
1: do
2: dream
0: a little green Absolutely. guys thank you so much for joining me here on happy hour today my guests sitting around the table at the Collins Hotel have been O'Shea Cleveland Teresa Anderson and Evan Christopher our show is produced by Melinda Hawes Anush Karun Trish Kaufman and Graham DePonte our associate producer And technical director is Chris Kehoe. Our music director is Christian Unruh. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Our web designer and link to the real world is Cliff Brigden. Mitch Foreman is playing the piano and wrote our theme song as well. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay sober for about an hour, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Collins Hotel. You can check out our other happy hours and our other shows out to lunch with Peter Ashuti live from Commander's Palace, Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajik, and true to the game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson all at it'sneworleans.com. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook, or you can see photos actually of today's show. And they're quite fascinating. You can follow us on Twitter and you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes as well. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for It's New For Mitch Foreman on PO, I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time. You are the man, Thank Grant you. on Happy
6: Hour.
2: Thanks for having us.